This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with Patrick Thomas. Patrick is a Senior Product Marketing Manager for Microsoft Azure, where he focuses on winning mindshare and adoption among professional developers in the U.S. Previously, he spent four years in Microsoft Learning, managing the Learning Partner and Microsoft Certified Trainer programs. Prior to that, Patrick spent nine years at the Boeing company in various program management roles on both commercial and military aircraft programs. Patrick has an MBA from Arizona State University and an undergraduate degree from the University of Redlands. Outside of work, Patrick has a passion for coaching his three kids in sports, spending time outdoors, as well as vacationing with his wife of 14 years. Welcome to the show, Patrick. We're so happy to have you. Thanks, Jennifer. Happy to be here. Great. Well, let's get started. Um, let's jump right in. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about you and your path in technology? Yeah, so I think the bio kind of covered my uh, career background. I think my path to technology is a little bit unique and accidental. Um, you know, as, as the bio mentioned, I had started uh, pretty much out of college at the Boeing company and fell into project and, and program management type roles. Um, I think coming out of college, when I was looking at companies to work for, I had applied to the likes of, uh, you know, Microsoft at the mm -hmm. time. Uh, wasn't hired, but uh, was was able to get into Boeing. And through some connections and some folks that um, I knew from Boeing, I found out there were other program management type roles within Microsoft. And that's how I kind of applied and came on over. In, rela in relation to that too, when I was growing up, uh, this would have been in the mid to late 90s, my dad had a career change and he started doing technical writing actually mm. for Microsoft at the time. And then he became a Microsoft certified trainer. And I can remember at the time, I thought the work that he was doing seemed, it sounded rather boring to me. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of interest. Um, and then you know, full circle, I end up going into Microsoft Learning and found out, wow, this is actually pretty interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so very much an, an accidental route into 
tech had a lot of catch up when I got here to find out uh, not just, you know, about the Microsoft technology, but then also about the industry. It was a big shift from aviation. Um, I can say I recently passed my Azure Fundamentals exam, so I'm, I'm feeling feeling good about that. Um, and then, of course, working and learning. Learned a ton um, from the trainers there, from the partners, really not just about tech, but then also about how do we go about skilling people um, to be successful in that space. So that's that's a long story about how I ended up where I'm at. No, that's, that's perfect. It really kind of shows... Um the path or the journey that you took um, to get to get to Microsoft, which is really yep. cool. So what are some of the technology trends you, that you're seeing today? So I think some of the trends that I'm seeing, um, one is, you know, everywhere you go, people are talking about AI and machine learning. I mm -hmm. think that that's one of the big, big bets. I know that for our company, for, for Microsoft within industry, um, especially when I think about field services type roles, um, the potential that AI and machine learning has there um, across manufacturing as well. You know, where I came from um, at Boeing, you know, we did a lot of projects around factory automation. And as that continues to progress, I think that, that you're gonna see it go a little bit more mainstream within a lot of companies and industries, including manufacturing. I think the other thing, you know, for, for me, I focus on our Azure product and services and specifically on the developer audience. And, you know, across the board, not just within tech, but companies can't find enough qualified developers. Just right. <laughs> the, the shortage is well known um, coming out of the U.S. And I think all companies are thinking about how can they not only improve their infrastructure, but how can they transform and, and develop into the next version of themselves? And I think Satya says it quite frequently that every company is becoming a technology company. Um, and so I think on the, on the build or the develop side, there's just huge opportunity. Um, and there's a real push and investment from the likes of Microsoft, from our competitors to try to get out there and influence um, existing developers and really find the next generation of developers as well. Because um, I think in the modern world, really these these are the architects of the future. Um, and I think we're just starting to scratch the surface there. I think some great observations. Um, the AI machine learning is definitely where we're moving to. When you talk about Azure, the cloud area is so prominent now. Yep. More organizations and, you know, Microsoft has some stats that talk about, you know, 95% of um, yep. organizations are moving to Azure in the cloud or are there oh, already. Yeah. So those are really important um, trends that we're seeing as well. And the skills. I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say on the, on the cloud migration, it's, it's a really good point. I think, um, in a, in just a very practical sense, you know, where you used to have a capital expense to go um, build perhaps a, a data center or at least invest in servers um, with the cloud and your options from Microsoft, options from AWS, GCP, et cetera, there's, there's a much lower barrier for entry for newer companies um, mm -hmm. to be able to scale and put their data out there. And then for existing companies, um, they're able to see 
those efficiencies um, and the cost savings as well. And so I think most every company like the stats that you mentioned are somewhere on that journey Um, and it varies greatly. That's so true. So true. And the skills gap is a real, real issue today because, you know, many of these job roles didn't exist a few years ago. And so um, the market now is looking for these new job roles, specifically cloud, AI, machine learning. And um, what do you think we can do on a daily basis to bridge that skills gap? What are some of the things uh, maybe you're doing um and you know we're in training so we talk a lot about sure how do we bridge that gap what are your thoughts on that it's a it's a really good question and and i will say even internally at microsoft we have skills initiatives going um, for the folks that are in our field whether they are technical professionals working with customers whether it's salespeople, whether it's marketers um, there's a big effort within our company to skill up our people so we can intelligently get out there and talk to customers. And some of the things that we're doing specifically is, you know, we've invested in local training events, um, which would be your face-to-face training. We've also done a lot um, online through, you know, webinar series. And even in events, when you think of um, showing up to an event, a lot of the messaging is not just about what our products and our services can do, but where people can go to get more resources and learn about it, whether that's docs.microsoft.com, where you can go see um, code samples, documentation, and really get deep and and learn about our products, or if that's Microsoft Learn, which is kind of the getting started platform on the learning journey, um, or even connection to our learning partners as well. And so I think we're doing some, uh, or I should say we're trying to do a lot, um, but there's a lot more that we need to do. Um, and I do think about academic world, you know, within universities. Um, I think the reality of kids today is they're exposed to technology basically from the time they can speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, um, I don't always think that our computer science programs at our universities are completely aligned yet with where industry is going and what's needed. Um, I think a lot of the theory is there. But with things changing so quickly, it can be tough for academia to keep up. And I think that's that's part of the gap that we're all trying to fill. No, that's that's uh, spot on. Uh, when you talk about education and training to be critical, to be a critical piece for adoption of new technology, we find that you know, on a daily basis. People um, use what they know, what they like. And the more they're using it, the more they learn about using it, um, the better adoption you're going to see. So I think um, education and training is huge in bridging that skills, skills gap. And I completely agree. The universities are finding it really hard to keep up with these changes. Um, because they, you know, moving to the cloud allows you to change things on a dynamic basis. So, you know, you could have 500 changes in a technology in sure. a given, you know, maybe in six months, and sure. it's so hard to keep up. So that, and with academia, they have set curriculum that they have to follow, and so these changes are becoming difficult. So we need to keep pushing and educating and training. Um, all sets of audiences. Yes. And so I love that you have the Microsoft Learn 
uh, portal that people can go to to learn lots of different new technologies, workloads, those types of things. And then docs.microsoft.com is great, a great place for resources as well. So um, I think we all have to work together to bridge yes. that gap. Uh, you, you mentioned you just got your Azure Fundamentals uh, certification. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank um, you. What, what is the value of certification in the industry today from your lens? Yeah, I think, you know, at, at one point, if you look back to maybe the early 2000s, late 90s, certification was really big. Um, I knew people that instead of going to university were going and taking classes and sitting for exams and at mm -hmm. the time maybe getting their MCSE and then going and getting hired into tech. Right. I think it's trending back in that direction to where a lot of employers um, are looking for that validation to say, hey, I want to hire somebody with a certain set of skills. And a certification is is an objective way to prove that you have those skills. And a lot of the customers um, that we talk to, you know, they make statements like, hey, I want X number of certified you know, developers or solution architects or admins um, because then they know that their their staff is is ready um, to transform the company. And when you think of, you know, a business leader, if they don't necessarily have a technical background, it's hard for them to to gather you know, the skills of, of maybe their workforce. And a lot mm -hmm. of the time they're looking for that objective criteria. And so I mm -hmm. think it's, it's really value, value to the organization. Um, and then also for the individual, I think, you know, it's, it's, we're all on a continuous learning journey um, with something like certification. You know, that's a point in time achievement that, you know, you can put on a resume that you can put on your profile. And it really does say, Hey, I've, I've invested the time, um, to learn these things, and I have proof um, that I do know them. And, and for us, even at Microsoft, I mean, it was a requirement. It was like, hey, everybody in our U.S. field, you know, go get certified. Um, and I found the experience to be quite value, valuable for me, you know, going through the process of learning, um, even sitting for the exam and going through that experience was really good. And through it all, I, I do feel like um, I can speak more intelligently about some of the specifics with our customers, which is a good thing. That's great, yeah. So I think that industry stamp of approval that certification gives you is so important. And there's no question when you're you know, uh, moving in your journey and your career path, having that certification says, you know this material. And it's it. there's no question in the hiring person's mind whether you have the skill set or not. So I think that was a really good point that you made. Um, where do you see technology in five to ten years? Well, I know I know that's <laughs> yeah. a big, uh, a long time from now, so it's kind of hard with the sure. pace that it's moving. But just what's your vision? That's uh, I I part of my first answer is I don't necessarily know. Mm -hmm. you look, you look back 10 years ago, um, and there's so many things <laughs> that have changed uh, just in our daily lives, you know, yeah. just how smart the smartphone has really gotten mm -hmm. um, and how much we depend on it. Uh, I think one of the things that I see is, you know, across industry, especially with our some of our bigger customers, at this point, they're, they're in this in-between world to where They've made cloud investments. 
Um, they're starting to invest in things like AI and perhaps um, Internet of Things, but they're they're somewhere in the middle of that journey. I predict that over the next five years across industry, you're going to see a lot of companies looking to kind of stabilize. So maybe today they're primarily on-prem looking to move to the cloud. Well, at some point they need to get fully migrated and optimized for the cloud. Um, right. And I think that is going to be a big piece. Maybe that's more of the, the three-year view. And so I think of things like DevOps becoming really important. You know, mm -hmm. the, the overall um, discipline and process and a new way and a faster way to be able to release code um, and track your development cycle. I think those things become very critical as we've had all this change and all this push. And as companies look to catch up and stabilize, they want to make sure um, that they're running at maximum efficiency efficiency to to keep moving forward. And then, you know, thinking about what I mentioned earlier, machine learning and AI, I don't even know if I can conceptualize <laughs> where we might be. Um, and I, I think, you know, data in a lot of ways has become uh, the new currency. Mm -hmm. And as companies become very data rich, how do they maximize what they can do with that data um, to help their business? And, and that's another thing that I, I didn't mention earlier, but I do think data science continues to be um, a huge field and, and a huge you know, opportunity um, for those seeking careers in that space too. Yeah, I really agree. We have some customers that are really already starting to look at data, data with new lenses and making business decisions based on their findings. Um, this is a retail operation that, you know, is now measuring every sale to see yep. where it's coming from, uh, how long was the person in the store? What you know, just the the whole experience, and it's sure. so interesting the amount of data we have today, and how as long you know, it's great that there is a lot of data, but if you don't do something with it, yep. it's useless. So yes. um, data science, data mining, you know, using artificial intelligence and machine learning to really mine this data to come up with reporting that can help you grow your business and solve problems technology sure. te technology solves a lot of business problems so that's great yeah i think there's so many new areas in devops you know that's that is really another area uh for the future because we have a segment on our podcast called technology solutions and it's you yep. know showing and and showcasing ways that technology is solving business problems and really world problems in a lot of cases so yeah that development is so important and i think you know in related to that too when we when we talk about data when we talk about machine learning and ai um i think privacy and security is another piece um that becomes increasingly important you know not just from corporate lens for the companies but also when you think about um, governments whether that's at the state and local level, at the federal level, I think that there's a lot of work to be done to make sure that the individual, that the consumer um, is well protected. And then also for the corporations, if data becomes increasingly um, important and part of their competitive advantage, you have to make sure that you're adequately um, securing and protecting what you're using. And so it's, 
I, I realize that as I'm thinking and talking, I'm hitting <laughs> a lot of different things, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I do think it, it just, it moves forward um, in a multi-pronged way. You know, it's not just one thing. And then I think coming back to the skills and the learning, it really is a continuous journey or a cycle. Like I don't see it as a linear path at all. Um, things are going to evolve. Things are going to change. And I think for all of us in the field, um, you have to continue to learn. And then there's going to be continued opportunity for those that maybe are seeking a new career in tech, which is really exciting. That is exciting. The new job roles that are coming out and the skill sets needed are really that turning point in a tech person's career as well, which is really exciting. So we'll shift gears a little bit. And, you know, today technology um, is over so many or multiple, multiple devices. I think we all have a laptop, a tablet, a phone, maybe several (laughs) phones, Yeah. (laughs) uh, several tablets, you know. Um, So how do we focus and deal with all these distractions and how do we create balance? Because I'm sure with your kids, you see this where, you know, they're doing homework and still have their phone and they're looking at their phone. Uh, I'm distracted, you know, in my world where, you know, something comes on my phone or an email email comes in. I have to like shut down and focus on what I'm working on. So how do you create balance? Well, I think for you. Yeah, I think, you know, it's different for every individual. Um, For myself, like I'm not a multitasker at all. Um, I can barely watch TV and have a conversation. (laughs) Um, And so uh, like for me, I shut down almost every notification um, on all the device that I use. Um, You know, some people that freaks them out and they can't operate that way. Um, But I do think, uh, you know, technology in a lot of ways allows you to be very connected and in many ways very efficient, but it's not, depending on how you're using it, it doesn't always mean that you're effective. Like for me, if I have something to do where I really need to focus, um, I will remove some of those distractions. You know, I'll shut down applications that I'm not using. You know, if I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to either make a presentation or type up an important email, I'll just shut everything else out and, and kind of block the time. Um, and then I think separation from whatever device you're using or devices is a good thing as well. Um, and I think the when Apple came out with the like the screen time notification mm-hmm. where you can yeah. actually see how much you're on your phone. <laughs> it's scary, that's, isn't it? That's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I do think it's important to to disconnect from time to time um, and then just be intentional about the device that you are using. Um, and, you know, it's if you think about trying to go through a day without using um, something from Amazon, something from Google and something from Microsoft. Um, for a lot of people, there's not that many days where they're not using one, if not all, um, of those company services. <laughs> so it's, it, you know, definitely embedded in our lives. I think um, I try to focus on the areas where, where am I using a device to help me do something faster mm-hmm. um, versus is a device kind of controlling me and what I'm trying to do? Uh, because really, you know, whatever tool you're using, whether it's a computer, a phone, Um, or other tools, you know, if you're building something like a hammer, a drill, a saw, the tools are for a purpose. Um, And that purpose really should be the goal and not um, the tool or the device itself. 
Um, this is so true. And you know, <laughs> multitasking is just overrated because you really cannot do two things at the same time. Your brain doesn't function that way. Yeah. You don't do anything well. And so your advice is very sound to say, you know, shut off the devices that you're not using, use it as a tool to make you more productive and um, focus on one thing at a time. So as much as we have these distractions, we really need to stop them and control them on our own. They're always going to be there, right? Sure. And and I can't, you know, I'm no expert when it comes to the kids on that. I'm probably still (laughs) trying to figure out how to do that, but it's, you know, when I, I had a, a coach when I was young, that basically mm-hmm. his advice all the time was everything in moderation, right? Yes. And and I think that, um, that it holds true to a lot of things, like even work. We all work very hard. And if you work in tech, um, you're connected. And in a lot of ways, it's um, can be. Uh, you can you work can all working. the time. You can work all, all the time if you want to. Um, yes. But does that mean that you're bringing your best the next day? If right. you do. And so I think the separation and, and for me too, like I, um, email is not the first thing I check when I wake up and it's not the first or the last thing I looked at before I go to bed. Um, and you know, that's kind of a personal choice, but, um, I think some of that separation is needed, um, on a device or not on a device, you know, you just it gives you, you focus. need a little sip. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's very good advice. Um, so learning is changing as well, right? People are learning differently. Um, so how, how do you think that's different today than from a few years ago? Yeah, I think, I mean, with the growth of things like um, edX, you know, the, the MOOC and all, all these massively open online courses um, mm-hmm. that you consume, um, I think there's a lot more. And with so much online training, it can also be a little bit intimidating. You know, say mm-hmm. you want to learn about something, um, you can you can go out and do a search, and you, there's no lack of courses and resources. And and so I think there's been a lot more that's come online in the last five years. Mm-hmm. I do think it doesn't necessarily solve the main problem. Is especially like if I'm looking to learn something, I'm usually looking for the best resource. Um, and there's so much out there, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think no lack of resources to help. I do believe how people learn um, hasn't changed. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, there may be more tools to do it, but I think uh, each individual, you, you know, they may learn in their own way. Um, and I think for light touch, exploratory things, going online, online is, it's a great thing, right? Um, if you're really looking to learn something in a deep way, I don't believe that there's a replacement for an interaction with a real human being, mm-hmm. whether that is online or whether that is in person. Um, I have the scenario I use is, you know, if a faucet breaks in my house, I might be able to go on YouTube and figure out how to fix it. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking to replumb my entire house, um, I'm probably going to need a little bit more than that. And so mm-hmm. I might talk to somebody to to actually help teach me the skills that I need to to fully do the plumbing. Um, so I think there's been lots of changes in the the way in which training can be delivered. Um, but I I don't think how people learn 
is necessarily different. Our brain chemistry has not changed. No. <laughs> we still need that human touch and we still yes. need that interaction with other people. In my my example, like Azure Fundamentals, right? I knew I had to pass the exam. Mm -hmm. So I went to a one day course with an instructor. It was great. Took some notes. I joined a study group. I used the modules on Microsoft Learn and then I made some notes in my own. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just one thing. But for me, I knew that I needed to talk to a real person. Um, I needed to be able to also consume things on my own time mm -hmm. um, and then be able to write notes in my own way. And, and so that's for me. That's perfect. That's like a blended approach. And that's what yep. we're finding how people are learning today. You know, some of the foundational things you can do online, but then you need that depth from an instructor or uh, just maybe even a discussion group or a place sure. where you can ask questions and, and learn some more. So that's, yeah, that's a great way to describe it because that blended approach really provides a truly in-depth foundation for learning. That's great, Patrick. Thank you. Um, thank you for that insight. Um, so if you had to give some advice to an IT professional starting out today, and think back to, you know, when you first started into yep. technology, what's different? If you look at your younger self, what would you tell sure. yourself? Um, what would you, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, I think that um, the first is don't be intimidated that there's so much out there. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of different paths you can take into a career in tech. Um, I think find something that you're interested in and explore it and and the path will be there for the audience that i focus on with developers you know anything anybody that may have an interest in coding i would strongly encourage them to go that route just because of the need the amount of opportunity that's there um and i another reminder that i have for for folks is although it's a career in tech and you may need to learn certain things about the technology and and about cloud computing. The principles of business are, they haven't really changed. Like you mm -hmm. still need to be able to communicate. Um, you still need to be able to work with others. Yeah. Common sense is, is still something that's extremely valuable. And based on my background, um, having some project management skills um, will also help. And so I think take a look at the trends of, of where industry is going, um, and where the needs are, invest time in learning in those things, something that's interesting to you. Um, and I think that you'll find that there are a lot of opportunities and, and things will continue to change and, and you'll have to continue to learn. Um, and as we said before, like if, if you do feel like certification is of interest and of value to you, I think that really does help you get a leg up. Um, and yeah, that would, that would be my, my, multi-pronged, long-winded advice. <laughs> no, that's great advice. I think, you know, there's so many paths. So there's not just one way to get into technology. And so just find where your passionate passion yep. is and then just, just jump in. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Patrick, for joining us. It was a pleasure Welcome. having pleasure. you on the show. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? 
Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it, in person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Women in Technology segment, I will be talking with Lynn Bailey. Lynn has spent her entire 40-year career in technology, specializing in application development for major U.S. corporations. Starting as a programmer, she continued gaining experience as a database analyst, a corporate application architect, and director of application development. She has led teams of developers to design, build, and implement technology, which has resulted in major transformations in the way people do their jobs. Welcome to the show, Lynn. I'm so happy to have you. So, Thank you. Um, it's wonderful to be with you. Yes. So can you share a little bit with us about your career path in technology? Well, first of all, um, technology, as you know, has many choices of career paths. And that's one of the most important things is to find the right career path in technology that meets your skills. For me, it was business application development. Uh, I wanted a, a career path that was challenging. I was looking for a job that uh, uh, allowed uh, you to uh, develop projects for businesses, and that's what I wanted to do. I also wanted to uh, work for a corporation as an employee uh, and uh, not just uh, be a consultant that hopped from company to company. So those were my choices. So on applications development, um, you were really building technology solutions to solve business problems, correct? Absolutely. So uh, did you always know that you wanted to work in technology? Uh, well, not really. I, I was a math major in college, and then I said to myself, oh, what are we going to do with this, Lynn? <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked around, and uh, I was trying to make a decision between going a scientific route or technology. And in doing so, I determined that technology was the best fit for me. Uh, the things that I liked about it was that it was innovative and it was constantly changing, and uh, it caused you to think differently about things, how, how things are made, how things are done, how business is run, and uh, I find it exciting to um, accept change. Uh, not just accept change, but to embrace change. That's great. You're an agent of change, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> so do you feel, um, you know, we know this industry is male-dominated, so do you feel that women have the same opportunities men do in the technology world? Well, I can, I can only speak to my experience, and uh, from my experience, the thing that I really appreciate about the technology industry is that it's skill-based 
And uh, personally, I have I have found that if you have the skills uh, necessary to do the job, then you always have equal opportunity. And oh, that's great. Um, and that and that's and so working on your skills and keeping your skills up and everything is what allows you to be able to have the same opportunities as man as men. And I've also found that the same pay. Great. No, that's great. So you've had some really great experiences, but skill is uh, the foundation of everything. So if you have the skill, then you get the same pay and you're um, looked at equal. Yes. So as a woman yourself in technology, what are some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? Well, let me approach this question this way. First of all, I believe that it's important to not be shy about how you can contribute to the company you're working for. Uh, I've always felt accountable for my own career, uh, not waiting for a company to present opportunities to me, but rather let the company know what type of assignments you can lead to a successful delivery. Then, if you focus on leading your teams, developing and implementing your product, and in the end, what you want is a satisfied customer whose business function has been transformed with the help of your application. I found if you if you do that, that um, that the opportunities that you want will be there for you. Uh, from an application development standpoint, I followed an application development trail, if you will. I worked on 18 to two year assignments for 30 years. And I, when the company that I was working for, the corporation that I worked work for, didn't have that opportunity any longer, then I went and found another one. So um, uh, that, has, that was a successful formula for me personally. You are just amazing. Instead of looking at challenges, you actually were proactive in combating those challenges before they ever occurred. And that is such good advice, Um, not waiting for those challenges to overcome them, but to prepare yourself and be confident in um, being proactive. Yes. So what advantages do you think you have, if any, as a woman in the technology field today? Uh, again, just from my observation and my experiences, uh, I worked in different industries. I worked in the oil industry, in manufacturing, in banking, in uh, uh, finance, and in insurance. Those were the main industries that I worked in. And um, and the things that I saw women excel in consistently had to do with, uh, again, from an application development standpoint, is uh, one of the greatest success factors is to establish a working partnership with your business customers. Many women that I have worked with in technology have excelled in this area, becoming transformation experts. As a leader of an application development project, you need to put yourself in the shoes of your business partner. You need to learn their business and understand where they're starting from today then assist them in leading their organization and staff through the changes that always accompany the introduction of new technology. Uh, This takes a different set of skill than just technology knowledge. So the skills that you need 
are not just technology. These skills are based on customer service and owning the transformation of your business partner's organization as part of your job. Success comes from the team as a whole, no one individual. And many women that I've worked with in technology who have excelled in this area have been presented with excellent leadership opportunities. No, that's great because, you know, one of the biggest advantages I think that women have is collaboration. Um, We're very good at collaborating and bringing people together and, like you said, the transformation. So using those skills um, really leads to a much higher success level for a project. So that collaboration and collaborating with your customers, like you said, with your business customer or collaborating with your peers or your managers uh, really helps us um, be more successful on a daily basis. Yes, definitely. So uh, what advice would you give a woman considering a career in technology today? Um, The thing that comes to mind is to know yourself. What is it that you're looking for? What are the air? There are so many different career paths within technology, and there's so much supply and demand that you really have a choice. So to know yourself and to find an area of technology that best matches your skills and your desires for a skill. For yeah, a where where your passion is, right? Because um, there there is such a broad. Uh, industry, you know, technology is a broad industry, and there's so many different paths you can take. So really knowing your passion, knowing your skills, uh, knowing how, um, where you can be successful, where your desires are, I think is very important. So that's really, really good advice. Um, I'm sorry, and I think think the other thing is is to not, don't be shy to ask for what you want. Point out where you can contribute. And the other aspect of that is don't hesitate to turn down an assignment that's not right for you. That's I great think advice. Those two are, are really important aspects. Really great advice. And, you know, we, we find that one of the uh, biggest areas that women need to work on is confidence because we are always putting down ourselves in our head and we want to make sure we can sure. be our own worst we can be our own worst enemy for absolutely sure. <laughs> absolutely it happens so often those negative voices in our head you know telling us all these things that are not true so um, very very good advice confidence don't be shy make sure that the projects um, are in your sweet spot is your passion and make sure you don't be afraid to turn down something that doesn't fit in. So really, really good advice, Lynn. Um, so how do you keep some of your technology skills current? Because it's changing so fast. It's so dynamic. How do you stay current? It's so exciting. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why I chose business application development. Uh, I worked in maintenance and development for the first couple of years of my uh, career. And Uh, As you are designing custom applications for major corporations, you are, um, you, and and following the corporate assignments, 
That's what I did on the job experience, following corporate assignments to keep me on the leading, and I will have to say sometimes leading edge, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was so much fun. And uh, it's it's not just learning the technology, but it's learning how to apply the technology. You know, I, when I think of application development, some people think of application as a product. I think of it as a verb. You're mm-hmm. applying technology to help somebody uh, improve their business and bring new jobs to the to the workplace and improve the jobs that people have and uh, and that's scary for a lot of people but it's it's great fun when it's successful I love that you said um, that this dynamic world of technology is so much fun that's really how I feel as well <laughs> a lot of people are you know burdened by the speed of the changes and the dynamic nature, but I love that you look at it as fun, and I do too. So that's that's a great, great answer. Um, so in closing, can you um, kind of tell us what three words your friends would use to describe you? You know, I have to be honest about this. When I saw this question, I didn't have a clue. So I asked a friend... <laughs> And uh, this is what I got back, that I'm content and that I'm purposeful and I'm unwavering. (laughs) I love that and so true. And so it gives you really insight of what your friends feel are your strongest qualities. So that's, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lynn. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. It was fun. And I appreciate you asking me to participate. Thank you again. And now, an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. 
What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast.